Hello, my lovey. You are an amazing, miraculous, gorgeous, complex creature. Welcome back to the show. Whatever you're navigating in the diaspora of poopecularness that is our earth, all right, what this podcast, ZFG Living Podcast, is here for you to do is get real about your mental health struggles, get curious about what gifts they're bringing you, and how to rewrite not just our story, but our actual subconscious programming. So every week, we will explore proven strategies, paradigm-shifting perspectives. We're going to help you get unstuck and start living your most intentional, aligned, joyful life. So if you're ready to get out of overwhelm and into empowerment, if you're ready to stop surviving and start thriving, well, come on, grab your journal. Let's do this. All right. We have got quite the different episode of ZFG Living Podcast today. Hello. <laughs> we are with PK, Patricia Kennedy. She is going to be walking me through as the uh, guinea pig, the uh, the volunteer through her amazing program. So to catch you up, I've, um, first of all, hi, thank you, PK, for being here. Hi, Mel. I'm really thrilled to be here. Thank you. Thank I'm you for very- yeah, happy to. And I'm so excited about this. This will be the first time where I put myself as the client to uh, another coach uh, for the podcast. So I'm really excited cool. about this. We're making it up or well, she's not making it up. Uh, you know, I'm going to be vulnerable and honest. And uh, I imagine I have to put a trigger warning in here at some point. But I did fill out her. Um, so, so you sent me a, a link and it had questions you know, going through and asking questions about, um, well, here, you you explain what, what's behind the link. Well, I, what I wanted to do is get a baseline um, kind of life analysis just to see what popped out. And what you noticed when you did the uh, survey is that the questions corresponded to different organs, different of your organs. Now, of course, these organs correspond to Chinese science and, and um and medicine. So that, that has to be known. It's not like the Western organs. So right. the, the, the five organs were kidney, liver, spleen, lung, and heart. And in the system that I'm using to do my analysis, though each of these organs has a whole, it's beyond personality because there's multi-dimensionality within the organs um, and how they express. And what I really want to help people do is realize that when they connect more with their body wisdom through their organs, um, that they can find they can pathfind their own way um, with this analysis that I've done with other people. Is they what what we do the analysis is the uh, the main core issue or challenge or thing you need to focus on now kind of pops out on its own. I'm not the one who's actually saying, okay, this is it. It's not like I'm putting it through some kind of computer analysis and then it pops out the answer. Mm -hmm. So it's a collaborative um, exercise. And what I want people to understand is how they are already masters. You're already a master. You just need access to more tools and information. And the system that I'm bringing through happens to be something that no one knows about. So that's kind of cool. That's very cool. That's why I'm so excited to, to be here. And I just realized I don't have my headset and the microphone on. And I just want to let the listener know my apologies if it, the sound is a little less than it usually is. But I just thought that that would be uh, kind of limiting um, as, as we go through. Sounds good on my end, Mel. Excellent. <laughs> okay. 
So we can start, I thought maybe I'd give a little history just to, so people understand where this came from um, and a little bit of my history and how I kind of stumbled across this. It's, it's a very interesting story. So uh, I encountered this 30 years ago when I literally had no spiritual uh, life at okay. all. I was in corporate America, high tech sales management, very, very successful, but very, very miserable in my life. I was uh, married, had two stepchildren, lived in Silicon Valley, drove a great car, had making a ton of money, but just supremely my emotional landscape was a mess. So that's just a little background. But that's, you know, sometimes when we're the most, we're at the hit rock bottom or we're struggling so mm -hmm. much is when we find the solutions. Well, and, and that's also when we're aware that there is a problem that needs to be solved. If everything is just okay, you know, it could be better, but you know, really it's okay. And we're not just glide through, right? Yeah, 100%. And I and and also I'd been in therapy for four years. So I had done a lot of work to to deal with a drinking problem, pretty heavy drinker. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, just try to get healthier. And I think I did. I I established a healthier baseline, but I my therapist and I both knew that she couldn't help me anymore. Oh, wow. So I actually stumbled across this women's class in San Francisco that was taught by a man. <laughs> Hilarious. I know. Um, it was. It always is a head scratcher for people. He actually learned, uh, received the system from his master in Taiwan, who escaped from mainland China during the communist uh, invasion. Oh, wow. He literally escaped with his life on a barge. He jumped onto a barge and went to Taiwan because they were killing all the masters in China at that time. So anyhow, that's that's part of the story. So this man, Gombao Zhai, uh, who lived to the age of 96, he um, learned the system from the age of six in, oh, wow. in Northern China in this little village, in this village. But he learned the system from his male master. He learned this elite martial art but he also learned from the wife and daughter of this master who were masters in their own right. And he learned at their feet. So he was like this little six-year-old boy. I, I like to imagine this, who's the women and men trained separately from, um, from one another at times mm -hmm. in this martial art. And I'm saying this is a martial art, but it's really a, a, a mastery practice, a self-mastery okay. okay. So if I'm digressing too much, please pull me back because I, no, I can go I on and on about this. I just, I find this story just utterly fascinating. So here's a six-year-old boy learning. He learned the actual system, the substance of the system, which is what I'm conveying to you and what I'm okay. using to do your analysis from, from the women. He okay. learned the fighting art from, the, from his master, who was the personal bodyguard to the emperor and empress in the imperial palace. So just to give you the, just a feel for the elite status of this art that I learned over the years. And it is a martial art. I learned the martial arts. I learned all kinds of forms, but and they're all connected to your body. So what I'm doing is drawing from what I learned over 30 years to uh, to help people connect with themselves. It's been modernized. It's been uh, it's accessible for modern people. You don't have to learn Chinese. You don't have to learn even about Chinese philosophy, really. Mm -hmm. I want to make it easy. Okay. And so so let's back up a little second. And the yeah. point of what we're doing today because I realize I'm so excited to get started that I didn't even give like that that lovely overview is to uh, enhance, to embellish, to bring to the forefront my connection with my body. Yes, what what is meant to do is actually uh, help you 
pinpoint the main issue to be worked in your life in a way that that gives you a bigger perspective. Oh, gorgeous. So I, I I like to imagine us when we when we get this bigger perspective that we can take more of a bird's eye view of our entire life and make all these connections when we didn't make the connections before. Okay. Because in Chinese medicine, if you think of the word organism, mm-hmm. organs comes from organism, right? So our organs are in communication with one another. They're they're in a uh, a network of communication. So when when one organ is out of balance through a life experience or trauma or whatever, then it affects the other organs, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm here to help you kind of make connections, and um, we can start with the analysis. I I thought that right. was important to give a little background first, though. I love it. All right, let's get started with the analysis. Okay, so um, you. The thing that jumps out at me is your self-esteem, your um, relationship with your siblings. So what I what I what I try to uh, to zero in on are those areas of imbalance first. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. Yeah, self worth is a is a is a struggle for sure. Yeah, which you know it's pretty pervasive in our culture, so not surprising. We're not taught to honor and love ourselves. No, uh, we're taught to behave and be good little robots especially women, sorry to say, that whole thing, uh, sugar and spice, everything nice. I'm like, I call yeah. BS on that because that's yeah. not who women really are. <laughs> right. We just have to pretend like we're not friggin' powerful and uh, badasses. I'll use your term. I love that. The liver, just give you a feeling for the liver. The liver, since we are honing in on this in your family relationships, the liver is tied to that invisible etheric part of our, ourselves like that unknown it's it's like the mystery part oh, but wow. not not spirit mystery but more like mystery in terms of our lives and relationships on this earth plane okay and then yeah. what would the parents be would the parents be the kidney or the liver or both the parents are definitely the liver okay okay because it's your it's your immediate family right so when we look at the health like what how you're how you what your challenges are in your day-to-day life today, a lot of times it's tied to the, to what you learn from your parents. The values, sure. your values and beliefs are kidney though. I'm loving this. I'm just, I'm like, I'm not on earth anymore. I'm learning a whole new reality. Okay, let's go. So values and beliefs are kidney, but of course you can imagine that from the ancestry, these values and beliefs are passed on from generation to generation to generation. They're so embedded that we don't even know we have them. Right. We don't even know that our beliefs are our beliefs oftentimes until we hit up against life and go, wait a minute, where did I, why am I engaging with life that way? Why am I reacting in this situation that way? Then you can, then if you have this, if you're armed with this information and go, wait a minute, oh, that's something I learned from my parents. Where'd they learn it? Where did they, where did they get that? Oh, they learned it from their parents. Now, maybe even if you don't know that you could probably deduct that. Sure. Right. So it's it's a what I I love about this system is it's ongoing. I'm continually learning new things, but I'm always uh, subjecting it through the lens of the system because the system provides a whole blueprint, uh-huh. an inner blueprint and a roadmap inside of you that's connected to your body. So when I have a reaction, an anger reaction, I go, "Oh, my liver! My liver is out of balance right now." We're talking about liver because there's a uh, the liver. Uh, the imbalanced emotion of the liver is anger. The balanced emotion is assertiveness. 
Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, and then of course, between that spectrum is a big uh, a bunch of emotions that we don't even have words for in our culture, right? Yeah, uh, the shades and nuances of emotion are not English uh, speaking no. things, right? Not at all. And I, I like to equate it to like the Eskimos or the Native American, the Northern Native Americans who have a hundred words for snow. Right. And also when you get into colors, they'll have more words for shades of white. Exactly. For, you know, like, like maritime cultures have more for blue, you know, and, yes. and ways to describe water. So you know, maybe we can create a whole new culture of emotional uh, variants and, and words, you know, who knows? Love it. There are people doing good work on that um, on that front. I know, like, uh, Benet Brown and everything. Mm -hmm. So so in terms, let's go back to your analysis here. And please okay. stop me if you have questions. And I know you have no problem doing that. So. <laughs> Thank you. So in terms, let's let's focus on, if you don't mind, those, those two relationships where you said are um, not the healthiest or you have estrangement from these people. Right. Can you tell me more about that? So um, growing up in a family that has abuse, uh, sexual abuse in particular, part oh. of the nefariousness of that whole construct like this is this is your construct of a family this is what you see a family is right and so when you have you were talking about that generational work mm -hmm. so if there's a parent that comes from a sexually abusive household okay and is um even seeing sexual abuse as like a, a way to uh you know show their children how to be an adult and what it is to be an adult that is firstly so effed up for the kids. And secondly, the kids will, uh, you, you know, there will be things done to each other. And then when you get into the like layers of incest like that, where you've got like, in, in my case, it was uh, the, the, you know, my mom and her brother mm. who had moved in with us after his divorce. I can only imagine what was going on there. Duh. And, um, you know, and then that's their, where they're coming from and the over-sexualization of everything takes like, I'm not saying when kids show each other their privates that that is inherently damaging or anything. I think that's natural curiosity and the over-prudification, especially in the U.S. of, you like, you never see anybody naked. It's just weird and ridiculous. It, it is to me, yes. Yeah, you know, like we, we've got these bodies. It's all good. However, when when children are doing things to children and then they grow up to double down on it, then the injury happens over and over again. And to where, and then when you put in like, don't worry, there's a mental illness component in my genealogy, you know, that on the, from the dad's side, you know, and actually probably on my mom's side too. Cause I mean, there's alcoholism with her mom. I know um, her father died when she was young. I never knew him, but um, just, just a hot mess. It's just a hot mess of generations of dysfunction and so that then by the time, and I'm trying, I'm trying to not be like so clear that people are just like, okay, I got to shut this off. <laughs> I just can't even handle this. But so then as adults, we get to make choices based on how we're going to care for ourselves. And if someone wants to, uh, you know, descend into 
whether it's alcohol or drugs, you know, and uh, I was talking earlier with somebody about dissociation, you know, and how that can play a role of like to live with yourself. Like you're, you're grown. Like I'm, Hey, we're all just as effed up as each other. That's all fine. However, if that's where you're going to double down, you know, and you're not going to take care of your mental health and you're not going to have the, um, you know, give yourself the care to where you can improve. I'm not, I'm not signing on for that. Yeah. And, and the thing is that sometimes we don't even know these patterns are, are operating. So that's why self-understand I'm, I'm all about the capital S self mm-hmm. and the capital S self is really connection to who we in my opinion and my my experience who we really are which is this divine spirit traveling through this life for the sake of learning about ourselves and uh creating new and better ways we're all seeking to create new and better ways in our lives and right. every and everybody has stuff that happens i don't care who they are so the question is how much do you understand how uh capable are how much self awareness do you have how much object, objective distance do you have from that self-awareness? Mm-hmm. And from that place, you can way better navigate. You can make different choices. You can trans, transform your family patterns, actually. Right. The way I look at it is we, when we heal ourselves, we're actually healing ancestral trauma. Because gorgeous. if you believe in reincarnation, which I do, future generations being born from that DNA are not going to have to deal with what we're dealing with. So there's a beautiful opportunity for me. Well, and also, even if you don't believe in reincarnation, then if you look at the science of it and you see the genetic markers that are passed down from generation to generation, and then there's still, even if you don't see it as scientific, the anecdotal evidence of, say, a 19-year-old having night terrors and feeling and waking up insanely cold and then find out that that person's grandparent drowned in icy water. It's crazy At that age. It's, it's knocking nuts. It's absolute. It's just mind blowing. Yeah. So, and then there's that mystery surrounding that. Like we can't understand that. But what we can do is we can understand our own lives and our own patterns. And from that place of clear understanding and self awareness, transform. And that's what this is about. This is about transformation. It's about becoming bigger versions of ourselves and um, making choice. Like there are certain patterns that my family family passed down to my parents. I'm like, yeah, I like that one. No, that I'm that one, not so much, right? Looking at it as a buffet to choose from, I think is so much yeah. better than just yeah. blindly saying, well, this is how it's, this is how I learned it. And this is how it is. Like, no, you yeah. have to pick. And there are plenty of people in the world like that. And, and they're fine. You know, so for people who are interested in getting a bigger uh, view of themselves and their lives, this this is the kind of, of work they can do. And there's there's lots of stuff out there to support us, of course. But what keeps what keeps popping through in as you're talking, and I'm really listening, especially when you talk about sexuality, when you talk about alcoholism, uh, liver rules the the hormones too. R- liver and is, and kidney are both tied to sexuality. So we're talking about low, some lower, some lower chakra below the, the below the waist kind of patterning that I keep that I'm seeing pop out mm-hmm. here in terms of of uh, what I'm seeing in your in your history. Well, and it's- hormonally, I mean, I hit puberty like a freight train at 10 years old. I stopped oh. growing at 11. What? And I was a triple D underwire bra wearing fifth grader. Wow. Okay. So liver is becoming a very strong theme, uh, Miss Mel, in your, <laughs> in your 
uh, assessment like, here. Like people thought I was a teacher and didn't know why the teacher was wearing the uniform. Oh my gosh. There, there's some, I'm sure you've had to kind of deal with that, uh, those memories, right? Oh gosh, yeah. And, and objectification. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. So sexuality, alcoholism, hormones, this is all tied to liver. And liver also is the hidden. It's the hidden. Oh, and I hate secrets so much. As many, many oh. people from, uh, you know, tough childhoods, just I recoil from secrets. I, uh, they're hard for me. They're really hard for me. And we know that in a dark corner, if there's no light shed on that dark corner, it stays a dark corner. But as soon as you shed light on it, it's it's illuminated, right? So that's why you don't like secrets because you implicitly understand that illuminating the secret doesn't allow it to stay in that dark hidden place anymore and affect us really on a deep level. So, you know, you're kind of unearthing, unearthing truths to shed light on them and then the alchemy can happen. And the alchemy is not an intentional thing. It's really a feminine, um, a feminine process where it happens organically on its own. I don't think we can decide to change these things. And I think sometimes psychology can get in the way a little bit because we can get caught in the patterning of, of, of the trauma and repeat it, like just, and actually drive it deeper instead of freeing ourselves. We want to free ourselves. Right. We and there's a difference. Right. Yeah. It's, like, it's like the difference between ruminating on something so that you're just like grooving it in and in and in, as opposed to showing something to the light and discussing it so that it can, you know, be free and fly away kind of. Yes. Yes. So that Exactly. Exactly. Right. So it's, um, yeah, the liver, the livers and the alcoholism, of course, affects liver. You know, if that was part of your, your family patterning as well. So what you, you can see is a theme emerging is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you had mentioned you have some moodiness too. So liver rules and moods. Um, and uh, you're an empath. I think that speaks to a kind of a livery disposition, like just that feeling rules of feelings, liver rules of feelings. So the liver is a very interesting organ because it's, it's, um, it's actually the only organ in our whole system that can regenerate too, that can grow. Right. right? So the liver, the liver in, in our system is um, it's about regeneration and new birth and growth. So when you can free yourself from the patterns and you can free the energy around the liver Mm -hmm. And it can, it's also the liver, it's, is the organ of creativity. So you can see there's a lot of different elements that go into the, okay. to, so when, if you're trapped in certain memories and traumas within your, your liver, then it can stifle your creativity. And then how does that also relate to the, the feelings of the self-worth, the feelings of self-esteem and lack thereof? Now that's interesting because self-esteem is tied to kidney. Okay. So. I think more the kidney can affect the liver because the kidney is the mother of the liver. Okay. So if the kidney's out of balance and the mother's sick, either way, actually, it can go by direction. Yeah. Like look, if, look if at the child, children. Yeah. If the child's out of balance and drawing from the from the mother all the time, the mother gets exhausted. Mm -hmm. So that can affect the self-esteem. Now, I'm gonna just give, I'm just offering you these uh, insights and what I'm inviting you to do and anybody else who works with me is take that into their life and try it on 
because I'm just offering you insights, but ultimately you're going to know, wait, that resonates. That, that hits home. I, I feel that it is, it is self-esteem is, it is the root. And, and of course, then you look at the values and beliefs. What were you taught growing up in terms of how to view yourself in terms of, uh, were you, were you held up and, and loved and, uh, and just held and told you're an amazing person and you can do anything you want? Or did those patterns really undermine you to the point where you're having trouble finding that uh, strong self-esteem? Mm-hmm. So once again, I'm not giving you solutions, but what I'm saying is I'm inviting you to go into your life and sit with that. Mm-hmm. Huh. And you don't have to do anything with it. This is a very feminine approach because, you know, if you look at a lot of approaches are like, okay, now that you know that, then write this and do this and do this. I'm not, do- I'm not doing that because I trust that every person I work with really knows. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't need to tell you. Right. And I think that what's so interesting about that sort of self-knowledge is that when I've learned different things about my family, when I've learned things about, you know, I'm thinking particularly about something I learned about my mother and it just, it was like a puzzle piece going into place. I knew it was true. Yes. Yes. And, and I had, you knew it was true, right? Right. Yeah. Once I, I was like, that explains all of this, 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 you know, but you see how that that was such a an organic thing. It didn't. It wasn't like you decided to. It just came to you very naturally, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it was somebody said, "Well, this happened," and I was just like, "Aha!" There and then you made all these other connections. Exactly. Right. It's, you so know, that, I think that's really the nature of this work. Is I, I offer uh, an insight from the system. Mm-hmm. And the system is you. It's not outside of you. Right. I'm just helping you make connections inside of yourself. And then the circuits, it's almost like the synapses fire. And they like, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait. If you can imagine that happening inside of you. I like to think about like we're a circuit board, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of the circuits not lit up yet. So right. you make that connection. Oh, another circuit uh, fires and another connection's made. And then it's a process that, that unfolds on its own. And yeah. so then with this, it's like, okay, well, now what I'm taking is now I understand that the liver and the kidney for me are uh, areas of my life and body, because it seems like the Chinese medicine, it's not just one or the other. It's it's very much integrated. Am I yes. right about that? Uh, yes, you are. I mean, usually um, one of the organs, I mean, we can look at that. And and you're getting different pieces of the liver and the and the kidney, mm-hmm. and you're going to start making that connection on your own. But yes, it's it's an organism, and we can we can then I there's a lot more information that you gave me. I can make you help you make other connections as well. I just started there because those are the things that popped out. So that's the, the first. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean the system. The system is. I think I mentioned to you, it's a mile wide and a mile deep. So it's so deep because. It, it didn't, it got passed down intact. It didn't lose anything. It didn't get diluted. I see. And then beyond that, there's a whole mind-body component. So um, I, um, one of my clients, I just taught her the kidney posture because that also popped out as the kidney. So I, I taught her the posture associated with the kidney so she can connect on a mind-body level with the kidney. 
well, tell me more. <laughs> like, what? I'm, I'm like, and how would I locate? Like, I mean, I know I've seen, you, you know, the drawings and science books and whatever. So like, I have an idea of where the different organs are, but like to physically connect with where my yeah. kidneys are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so the system, um, there are whole forms. I know a whole form that is probably like 50 different moves associated with the kidney. And this is where you get to the martial arts. It it is, but it's really a yogic. I would say it's more yogic. I was never really interested in the martial arts. I mean, I learned it because I found it useful to for Mm self-transformation. And that and women, I will tell you, women are more interested in general, are more interested in that than men. Men love the martial art part of it. And it was a deadly fighting art. I mean, my my teacher's master's master. He could touch somebody's jacket and put a hole in it. Oh, wow. That's the extent of his, his uh, command, right? So it is a martial art. But the women, that wasn't how they used it. They used it. They were, they were raising children in their village. They right. were community leaders. They used it to master the relationships, which way, way more interesting to me. In fact, when the women and I would learn moves, we like, well, how does this apply to life? Like, we didn't care about the move. We care right. about if I move my uh, if I do this move and I'm moving my shoulder forward. How am I? Oh, how am I doing that in my relationships? Oh, interesting. Yeah. So we would always be, you know, we would be looking at it in very different light than the men who we trained with. So we trained with men too. But the kidney moves, and each there are eight. So this comes the eight trigrams is also part of the system. I I was mentioning the five elements. Five element theory is. Um, that there are five elements that interact with each other within nature. And I'll just go through them very quickly. So fire, which is associated with the heart, uh, transforms or supports. This is the mother-child relationship, okay? So I mentioned the kidneys, mother of liver, right? Heart is the mother of spleen. Spleen is earth. Fire transforms to earth, okay? Okay. You can imagine this. Earth, uh, which is spleen, is the mother of lung. Condensation, uh, uh, um, I'm sorry, is the mother heart, heart, spleen, spleen to lung. So metal comes from earth. Right. Okay. Earth is the mother of water. Condensation on the metal is water. That's so cool. Water feeds liver, which is wood. And wood transforms to fire. You and see. so you've got the full circle. Yeah. So you have this whole um, supportive cycle so that the organs fit into those elements. You can find this online. I mean, this is very, very common. Like if you Google five element theory, you could find right. some information, like more than you want to know. Okay. But but it's important um, that people know that this is one of the models, the five element, right? Then overlaid on that, that's why I'm saying it presents a holographic view of the human being is the tri- eight trigrams and the eight trigrams Five elements fits into that in our system. No one knows this, by the way. No, no one, a handful of people in the whole world. That's so cool. Right? I mean, it is, it's mind blowing. Now I'm such a geek when it comes to this system. <laughs> and I, I never lose fascination with it because I'm constantly mining new information about myself from it. Right. So of course I'm excited to share it, but it just shows we think of ourselves in such shallow one-dimensional terms but we're really like these amazingly 
complex beings. And the body, what people forget is this is a transformational vehicle, but we don't really have a way to access what it really can do for us. Tell me more about this. You mean, you're obviously, you're not talking about just like, I can transform, I can physically strengthen myself, I can make myself no. more limber, all those sorts of things. No, it's about knowing that uh, our bodies, if we, if you subscribe to the idea that we are spirits traveling in these bodies, many, right. many people do. And those are really the people that I'm interested in speaking to, because I don't want to convince anybody that they're spirits traveling in the body. So if you're on board with that, then you'll follow okay. me that why in the heck would we would we incarnate into these bodies? What is the use of this body? Why are we here? I mean, it really begs the question, why are we here? And each person, do you know that each person has their own muscle, uh, like way of moving that is like a, th a fingerprint? So there are three main ways that we're, that we're completely unique. Our thumbprints, right? Completely unique, right. our fingerprints. No one else in the history of humanity is going to have your fingerprint. It's completely unique. Same with your muscle patterning, you know, the way you walk and move. And the third is your story. Your story will never again in the history of humanity be repeated. Well, and, and what's interesting too, is that will my story ever again be repeated even as I tell it? Because my perspective changes. I mean, that just begs that the reference way. to like, you can't go home again. You know, because by virtue of it being in the past and already have happened, you're now different. They're now different. Yes. yes. I And that that to me is the other fascinating part of being in this body, because where are we transforming our story? We're not doing it in the spirit. We are. We are because our spirits are like communicating with us. Right. Mm -hmm. But where's our opportunity for change and transformation of our story? Was it is it within our life, lives and relationships? And where does that happen from our from our bodies? So the more you 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 gain self awareness and you expand the spirit part of you that infuses em, embody e m body mm -hmm. your spirit, the more capability you have to transform your story, to make um, more positive impact in the world, to become more of who you are, to keep growing within this this vehicle, right? Right. And and also this gives us the opportunity, us being me, your other clients, anyone that's that's talking with you about this, to, to just really see things in a fundamentally different way because I am results oriented. Yes. I do know where I want to go. Having this information and not being you know, like, how am I taking this to somewhere else to affect this change to get to XYZ? You, you know what I mean? Like uh, 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 uh. Uh, not be robotic about it and not being, you know, uh, so like not solution oriented, but uh, directing this change as opposed to sitting with this information and allowing whatever develops, develop. Okay. So the final piece, which tied is tied to yin yang that I'm going to offer you and it's tied exactly what you're saying is our culture in general is masculine in nature. Fair. It's, it's, that's what that's what we've been taught. And no, no one's to blame for that. It's just the evolution of humanity. We're moving to a different place now, which is more feminine. Uh, attention, ATT attention is feminine. Intention is masculine. Okay. So you intend when you set goals and you're moving in a direction, I'm this and that, that's intention. Attention's like noticing, paying attention. There's no action in the feminine. 
Fat feminine is not the action-oriented part of you. It's the masculine part of you that acts. Right. Feminine part notices, takes in. And if you even think about the anatomy, the feminine is the receptive. The mm-hmm. masculine is 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 the action, right? Right. Just on the anatom- on an anatomical basis. Right. To know that this is more of feminine inquiry. And not because the feminine's superior. We actually are looking. They're see- in concert. You have to have both. We need balance. We're seeking balance. That's the nature of the human is to seek that balance because the feminine and masculine need to be in balance. But what I'm inviting is have more awareness, infuse your action. Because when you, when you have more awareness, which is tied to your spirit and integrated in your being, then your action is going to be more in harmony with who you really are. So that is why I I really encourage people to just pay attention, notice, learn this art, strengthen this muscle of just listening, paying attention and being. It's it's so undervalued in our culture. And so I'm really uh, like an advocate for bringing that out and strengthening that. I love it. I love it. And that also speaks like what I'm thinking of right now is whenever you read something about how to have, you know, how to converse with someone, how to be charming, how to uh, persuade people, you know, it's all about listening. It's all about listening. It's a way of paying attention. And the best way to listen to another person is to learn to listen to yourself. The best way to learn to love someone else is to learn to love yourself. It all starts with the self. This is about self. This is about self. And I I, I hit on that so much that people are probably sick of hearing it, but it is about yourself. The more you become yourself, the more you can love, understand, and uh, connect with other people. That that is the fundamental truth. And I'd like to add to that, that the ability to sit with ourselves and not be doing something, to actually just sit with our thoughts, to yes. notice them, to feel our surroundings, to see how we feel, as opposed to have something coming in. We always have these stimuli coming in, whether it's, you know, sound, visuals, you know, always coming in. And so to, you know, like when we talk about unplugging, and not having that bombarding us. Yes, yes. And allow ourselves to fill the space. It can be a supremely uncomfortable feeling until you get used to it, until you see that there is, it's so restorative. I think of it as like the REM cycle of sleep. Yes, it is. And and, and honestly, I encourage everyone to, to take time first thing in the morning first thing in the morning before you do anything, before you look at your phone, especially before you look at your phone and find just 15 minutes just to give your thoughts over and just be. That 15 minutes is like the biggest gift you can give to yourself every single day. Mm -hmm. It is the biggest gift. And we aren't taught to do that. We're not taught to love ourselves. Mel, that's just the truth. That's the fact. That is a fact, PK. And let me ask you this. So when I get up, the first thing, because I value and cherish that sort of drowsy, woozy, kind of wakey, kind of dozy um, state of being. And I'm wondering if I'm being in the masculine uh, because I'm going through my gratitudes. Yeah. I'm 
filling my heart with joy. I'm, and I, and I like to set, uh, set myself up for laughter by wondering what is going to make me belly laugh in the day. Like what is the joy bomb? Cause there's going to be an unexpected joy bomb. What's it going to be? And so for instance, this morning, I didn't know that like a little tablespoon of salsa in a bowl for me to dip my little like uh, egg taquito thing in could cover this much ground. I flipped that sucker over. It looked like I'd been shot. It looked like I was like, I mean, I had salsa uh, just all stunning. It was amazing. If you've ever like dropped a gallon of milk and watched it spread through the house, you know, like liquid is just incredible. And um, I... I mean, I gave myself hiccups. I was laughing so hard. I had to do laundry. It was. I love it. I love it. But I would say, you know, where you're starting, you know, opening that heart, opening the heart. I'm doing a whole workshop on the the heart as a conscious organ because the heart, the heart's special, but that's another, that's another discussion. But open, what you're doing is opening your heart first thing. That's feminine. That's feminine. It's like opening your appreciation for, for everything and setting and setting the intention for the sake of opening your heart. That's what you're doing. Okay. So I didn't know if that was like busy work or something. Okay, cool. I don't think so I think you're you're naturally following your bent. Like following what you're you're naturally following what your spirit's telling you to do. That's beautiful. Awesome. I think it's a great way to start the day. I would encourage that. Yeah. And I will say, rather than get pissed that I made such a huge mess out of us, like a tablespoon of salsa, I kid you not, you know, it did allow me to just think it was hilarious. And it wasn't, I didn't have to reframe it. It was just simply freaking hilarious. I, I think that's, those belly laughs are, are, I could belly laugh every day. And that I think that's the best medicine, you know. <laughs> I totally agree. I'm going totally to, I'm going to learn from you, Mel. Although I'm not going to seek to spill salls on myself. I will don't do that. No, <laughs> keep, keep the cushions tidy and uh, let the tide pen relax. <laughs> I am happy to provide any uh, additional information. It's amazing. I find it very interesting. And the thing is, because of the way the liver is centered on hormones, on family relationships, um, uh, yeah, like I, I don't put that together. Hormones and family relationships, what? And yet with the the generational inheritance, you know, that I got, um, it seems so obvious. Of course, I was going to be hyperdeveloped. Of course, I, you know, like it just is so obvious. It's just- you know, What I find fascinating about when these truths are delivered you have, they have that reaction. People go, yeah, it makes sense. You don't know why it makes sense, but it makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, you don't have to have further explanation because it's hitting in your body and you're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what were the emotions with the liver? Oh, the, the balanced emotion is um, assertiveness. The imbalanced emotion and you can, is anger, but you can even go to rage. You can go like rage to assertion. I have another podcast and it's called um, something like denial and wine or rage and caffeine or vice versa or something. <laughs> and it was it was just talking about, uh, you know, like what our coping mechanisms are and how we can power through things that seem unimaginable. And rage has played, uh, it has had a marquee role uh, in many stages of my development. And I would say that, there's not a pejorative about that. 
uh, about rage. I mean, rage is can be useful, as you know. Right. It can be useful for transformation. There's not, it's not that rage is bad or good. In fact, emotions aren't. They no, can't. they're not. They're not. They are. However, if we fall into a, an imbalanced pattern in our emotions frequently, then it can create other relational problems. It can create, you know, health problems. I agree. So that's that's the only reason we want to balance them, not because we shouldn't express those. I mean, yeah, it's all a part of human expression. So I think it's, I loved hearing you say that about rage anyway. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you did. And I appreciate you giving this topic, uh, you know, a center stage. Because it's true. And when we are unable, typically, because we came up in a system that was trying to build little robots, and we couldn't express our emotions, it wasn't allowed, it wasn't desirable, it was, you know, whether it's stop crying, or calm down, or, you know, whatever, uh, we don't learn how to regulate those emotions. Well, I was think when I was just thinking about you with your rage, I was thinking, look what it transformed to, it transformed to like, maybe heart fire, you know? Because yeah. you needed that. You needed that expression to transform into something else. True. It was a liberated, it could have been a liberating element to that expression. So I just, I just, that just came through as you were talking, like, wow, okay. I agree with that. It's also kind of how fire can be a cleansing thing. Yeah. Just burn it all down. Heck, heck yeah. <laughs> you know, and some, some, and then, some you, of that and then you get the Phoenix. You get the phoenix that rises. I've got a phoenix tattoo on my back, PK. Do you really? I do. Girl. So so in our system, there are animals associated with each of the trigrams. So the heart uh, animal is the phoenix. Oh, that's amazing. That's very good. The heart, the heart's so special. So I so appreciate this time. Thank you so much, Mel. Thank you. I'm so glad you were here. Thank you for being here, PK. Holy, like Patricia Kennedy here with us on ZFG Living Podcast. Thank you very much. Get in touch with her. Check out the show notes. Uh, this is just fascinating stuff. My lovey, thank you so much for listening. If this episode struck a chord with you, just know you do not have to be defined by whatever bullshittery has happened to you. And you can experience joy while you work on the heavier stuff. There's a link in the show notes where you can book a call with me and talk about how you can move forward with that because there's so much joy in living and you don't have to have it be heavy all the time. 